Welcome back to another episode of the Adam Schefter Podcast. On today's podcast, we will be joined once again by the world champion general manager of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Jason Light. Only we will not just be asking him questions. He will be asking us questions in a new segment of this podcast where we flip the mic and have the subject ask the questions and the interviewer answer those questions. And then we'll be joined by the newest cornerback for the New York Giants, Adoree Jackson, who last week signed a three-year, $39 million contract to become the big offseason free agent acquisition for the Giants, along with wide receiver Kenny Galladay. But this past week, more than anything, was about the draft being turned upside down. The San Francisco 49ers went from the 12th overall selection to the third overall pick with the idea to pick their quarterback of the future. The Miami Dolphins, who were at three, went from three to number 12 and then back up to number six where the Eagles were so that the Dolphins could be in position to get one of the few players that they feel like they have to have in this upcoming draft. And the Philadelphia Eagles, now at number 12, have two first-round picks next year, along with a conditional second that could become a first. And so the Eagles are in position now to give their quarterback, Jalen Hurts, this season to impress them. And if he does, they have found their quarterback of the future. And if he doesn't, well, then the Eagles have the ammunition to go draft whichever quarterback they want in the year 2022 if Jalen Hurts does not live up to expectations because that's what the Eagles have done by making that trade on Friday, giving themselves that surplus of picks in 2022. But the headline of those deals really was the 49ers because they come up to number three and there were questions about what they would do at quarterback. And let me say this. I think this is what they do. I think they really like Mac Jones. I think they really like Trey Lance. I think they're intrigued by Justin Fields. And this is assuming, of course, that Trevor Lawrence goes one to the Jaguars and Zach Wilson goes two to the Jets. Hard to see the draft going any other way right now than just that Lawrence, Wilson, Niners on the clock. So if that is indeed how it goes and the Niners are on the clock, they need to continue to assess this draft class, the quarterbacks in it, and I've seen teams shift their opinions and change their minds over the course of weeks. It's happened every single year, many examples. And so the 49ers still could decide that they like one quarterback over another. But today, today, if the pick were made today, I wouldn't be shocked if it were Mac Jones. And Mac Jones is a quarterback who, in talking to another NFC general manager this week, said to me that the media does not have as high a grades on Mac Jones as teams do. And I asked him what he meant by that. And he said, Mac Jones has elite arm accuracy. He is an elite processor of seeing how the play is going to unfold. He is an elite leader. And that was how a GM from a non NFC West team, not San Francisco, described Mac Jones to me. He said to me that his athleticism 
is as good as Matthew Stafford. He said that this is a guy that would have gone higher than the media forecasted. And so when people connect Mac Jones to the 49ers at number three, and they can't believe it, I can tell you that teams believe it. Teams believe that Mac Jones is good enough to go number three. But that's also part of the beauty and part of the reason the Niners made the trade today, because it gives them the next month to go through all these quarterbacks, to conduct more and more interviews, to get to know them, and to come to a decision before the draft at the end of April. Today, would not be surprised if it were Mac Jones. Also, wouldn't be shocked if the 49ers came off that and maybe shifted to Trey Lance. But that is, I think, how it shakes out today. And they now have time on their side, and they have locked themselves in to picking a quarterback at number three, having Jimmy Garoppolo mentor him this year. And I know people wondered about Jimmy Garoppolo too, right? The 49ers think that they've got a playoff caliber roster that has a chance to make a Super Bowl run. I don't think they're ready to hand that off yet to a rookie quarterback that they don't know what he will be like. They don't know who they're picking exactly. And so they're going to plan on having Jimmy Garoppolo there this year. And nobody in San Francisco brought up this analogy to me, but this is the way that I thought about it. The Chiefs drafted Patrick Mahomes with a veteran Alex Smith there. Alex Smith knew it was his last year there. He knew he was going to be traded, and he was the year after. The Chiefs traded Alex Smith to the Washington football team, handed the job to Patrick Mahomes. And today, a month out, that's how I envision the 49ers quarterback situation playing out with this team giving the job to Jimmy Garoppolo this year with the understanding that the quarterback they picked third overall next month will be the guy that is the 49ers quarterback in the 2022 season. Could there be injuries that change that? Sure. Could there be a trade offer between now and then that changes it? Sure. But today, at the end of March, going into April, the 49ers' plan is to pick their quarterback of the future at three and have Jimmy Garoppolo be their starting quarterback for this season. All right, before we get into today's episode, I have a few things I need to tell you. Daily Wager is ESPN's newest podcast for all your betting information on tonight's games. Listen every weekday afternoon for the latest info on the biggest games in place. That's Daily Wager. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Also, Listen up, fight fans. If you want the best UFC experience, you need ESPN+. Plus. With every pay-per-view event, live fight nights, exclusive originals, and an extensive archive, ESPN Plus delivers. Sign up now at ESPNplus.com. And now, on to our first guest today, where we try to flip the mic and let the subject ask some of the questions. The world champion, general manager, of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Jason Light. All right, Jason, welcome to the Adam Shifter Podcast. You are our first guest with a new feature that we decided to implement that was brought to me by my great producer, Christina Buswell. And the idea was stemming from something we did last year with Matt Patricia, the former Lions head coach, who took the mic while we were at the Combine and began to ask me a series of questions that he had for me and rather than me interviewing him, it turned into him interviewing me. And so Christina and some of the other folks at ESPN said, you know, it would be kind of neat if we got some people on to ask you questions. And Christina reached out to a handful of people. And lo and behold, who is the very first person to come on to deploy this new feature? The world champion general manager of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the great Jason Light. And so we welcome you in today. 
for this new segment that we're unveiling here in this podcast. And I appreciate you joining us today, Jason. Uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. I should ask you first before we go, how is the off season of being a world champ going? Busy, <laughs> really busy. Um, you know, I've probably had a few days to, I think last time we talked to you, we were just getting ready to have the parade. Yeah. And then, which was an epic uh, event, which drives you to want to win it again, because that was a day of all days. <laughs> and then uh, later that week, I had a, my son had a lacrosse tournament over in, uh, on the other coast. So my wife had made a hotel reservation, really nice place in Palm Beach. And we spent couple days there and then did the lacrosse tournament. But outside of that, I really have not had a moment to really just have that, ah, you know, it really hasn't hit me yet just because we've had so much work to do here, re-signing all of our guys, our coaches, everything. Well, that's amazing too, by the way, that you have your entire starting team, all 22 starters from the Super Bowl last year, returning for 2021. Were you confident that you'd be able to do something like that to get everybody back? I was, I was hopeful. <laughs> I, I didn't realize until after we did it, then all of the tweets and all of the stories came out that, you know, it hasn't been done since whatever, 1979 or 77, or at least yeah. within the salary cap era. And I'm glad that I didn't know that um, going in. Otherwise, uh, you know, Mike Greenberg, Jackie Davidson, myself and everybody here that's been working on it probably would have been a little bit more stressed about it than we were. But um we were hopeful and, you know, looking back on it now, after we got everyone done or so far that we've gotten every, everyone that we've gotten done so far, when they come in to sign their contract, we just had Josh Wells come in today and sign his contract finally. And, um, you know, they're all just, just happy as hell. Just, you can see it in their eyes and you see it in their face that they're just so excited to come back and, and try to do it again. So I think everybody did want to come back. Some logistical questions. When is the ring ceremony? When do we visit the White House? Do we visit the White House in the day and age of a of COVID, a pandemic? Does that happen, Jason? I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure yet. I haven't heard anything about that yet. Um, looking forward to that. Um, um, in terms of the ring ceremony, we're still working through that as well. Um, I know that people are working behind the scenes very diligently to make this a, a ring of all rings. So um, uh, whenever we have it, it'll be great. Well, you have, And didn't you tell me you have one other ring? Yeah, I have um, with the Patriots. I so this was my fifth Super Bowl, but I've only been a part of two winning teams. So the first one was the 2001 Super Bowl with the Patriots, Brady's first Super Bowl win. So wow. So um, this will be my second. Both with both with Brady as the starting quarterback. So I might be wrong here. Correct if I'm wrong, but you are the only person to have Super Bowl rings of Tom Brady's first and last. Super Bowl win, correct? I guess I never thought about that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> that is pretty cool, right? Yeah. When, when you stop and think about it, what would that mean? What does that mean to you? That when you stop and think of it, that's kind of neat, actually. Yeah, it really is. And add on top of it that you know the we're the only ones to have rings winning it um, at home. So hmm. um, in our own on our own turf. So I guess add that to it, and it's a it's a pretty unique thing. Jason, when she reached out, Christina reached out to book this. The idea was to ask me some questions. I don't know if you have any questions, but if I you do. do, at this point, let, let, let's shift it over. I'm going to give you the the interviewer, uh, Mike, 
I'm going to drop my mic and hand off the mic to you. Uh, basically, consider this like Tom Brady throwing the Super Bowl trophy across a boat to another person. I'm taking my mic and throwing my mic across boats to you, and now you get to take the mic, and rather than spike it, you get to use it to ask questions. Okay. <laughs> this is something I've always wanted to know here. All right, so set the stage. You're on date night with your wife, Sherry, for oh, the boy. first time. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Time. Oh, here we go. Yep. Okay. <laughs> He's been on you um, about getting out and, you know, cause I know I've, I've been there and you've gotten through kind of your busy wave of, of, of business, say free agency. Yeah. And then uh, breaking news hits or you get a phone call or, you know, something's about to, about to hit and you're sitting there at the table, wherever you're at. And what do you do? Do you answer the phone? How do you handle this? First of all, I love that question. There are so many layers to it. There are so many things that went through my mind when you asked me that question, because you live that in a different way, breaking news. And I live that every day of my life. And with my wife, I can kind of feel sometimes when I have the freedom to do as much as I want and work as much as I want when we're at a dinner or on a date. And then there are times I could feel where she's about to get pissed off about it. <laughs> like <laughs> that's enough. And oddly enough, I could think of a couple of Tampa situations that right pop into my mind right away. I can remember being out to dinner last fall on a Friday night. And this is how you remember it. Coaches remember plays. We remember stories. It was about six o'clock. We had just sat down to dinner an outdoor dinner at a restaurant near us with our neighbors. And I started getting texts about Antonio Brown signing in Tampa. And now I'm at dinner and you know what I have found? And again, she will never listen to this podcast. So I could say it right here. It's easier when we're, when we're with other people because they can distract her and I can withdraw into my own professional work world. So the night that you sign Antonio Brown, we're with our neighbors. That's great. I have all the cover I need. She's with them. She's entertained. They're having a good time. And I can focus in on Antonio Brown. I think back to last March, a year ago, when your team signed Tampa, when your team signed Tom Brady. And I remember I was picking up dinner for my family during the pandemic. And I had my daughter in the car and we got back and I got clearance that Tom was going to sign in Tampa. And I remember running into my office, sitting in the chair that I'm sitting in right now. And my daughter was in the room and my wife came in and I was like, me and Jeff Darlington are about to report that Tom Brady is signing with Tampa. And there was this wild celebration. And I typed it and filed the story as they were sitting in my office, went on SportsCenter. It was crazy. Now, those are two high points. Like, okay, my wife, Shari's with company during dinner, during Antonio Brown, wife and daughter are included in the Tom Brady story. But there are a lot of stories that aren't like that. And free agency, like I said, I, I move out of my room upstairs. I go into the guest bedroom downstairs so I don't wake my wife all night while I work. And I slept 10 straight days down there last earlier this month because I don't want to bother her at all. Um, there were times when I used to go to Bristol during free agency, Jason. And I remember on a Friday afternoon after being away for a week, getting back and the texts are still coming in and the stories are still happening. And I can remember like, I have to 
file this right now. I got to get this out. And I could just see she's looking at me like, isn't this enough? You've been gone all week. You know, your daughter's right here. She's needs to be played. The dogs have to go out. They have to be, the garbage has got to get to the curb. Like cut the crap. Okay. I don't give a crap about your work. Let's get busy with your real life. So it's always, you know what it is? Long story short, it's taking the temperature of the moment and knowing what I can and can't do. And the job has to get done. And one of the biggest arguments we used to have is I would take calls at the dinner table or get texts. And she's like, I don't care that you do it. I get it. If you have something to do with work, just step away from the dinner table. So now if somebody's calling me during dinner, I say, excuse me, I get up, I go into the next room, I do my phone call. But as you know, with these jobs, you live them. You, you can't just kind of do them some of the time. You can't turn off your phone. You can't go away. It's always a part of you. And it's a blessing and it's a burden. And that's the life that we've chosen to live. I wouldn't want it any other way, but it's not easy, right? And you it's agree with all that? It's a great way of putting it. The, I will the, um, yeah. I will be playing football with my three kids in the yard. You know, my daughter's really into it now. And practicing for their flag football games and running plays with them. And I'll have my phone with me and I'll have to stop in between plays sometimes to take a phone call or to answer a text. And it's just become a, a way of life, but it never, I don't like it to interrupt the the game. It's, it's, you still, you still play on, but if something, you know, I have to maybe punt for 15 minutes, 30 minutes and, and then get to it. But, um, it's just, it's just part of you. It's, you just have to do it. But you, like you said it best, it's a blessing and a burden. And I feel bad about it, right? But I also think we, we can't be alone in this world. I don't care whether there's somebody that works in finance or medicine or the legal profession or PR or communication. You pick the field, right? Right. They're, they're, get, they're getting work calls in this day and age. We're, we're, not, we're, we're not the only ones. Yeah, we're not alone. We're not alone. Right. You know, yesterday morning we're in the house. It's my daughter's spring break. You know, we don't go away. We never go away. And my wife um, was at a doctor's appointment and I'm feeding the dogs and cleaning up and serving my daughter breakfast. And I get a call from somebody and, and my daughter is trying to read in the kitchen. And she says to me, can you go in the next room? And I, I just about lost it. Like, I'm like, can I go in the next room? Are, like, are you kidding? Like I'm feeding you, taking care of the dogs, doing my work at a, at home during this time. And you want me to go in the, when you can just get up from what you're doing. Like, and I, and I, I had to control myself for a bit there because I'm like that. These are the situations we find ourselves in and I'm working from home. You're in your office right now. You know, I'm in the same spot that I've been in. I have not spent a single night away from our house since this pandemic began, not one. Wow. Not one. Wow. And so the last time I was away, Jason, was there was one night in Bristol the first week in March last year, but really consecutive nights, the combine of 2020 in Indianapolis. That's crazy. Think about that. Right. Wow. So, so we're just around and work interferes with your life. Um, and I feel bad for my family. Uh, I feel bad for myself sometimes because you know, here, here's a great example. Last Friday, uh, we talked about the lives we live. There's a guy I'm friendly with, and he wanted to take me to play golf. 
And I said, ah, maybe I'll do that. That'd be nice. Friday, end of March, two weeks out of free agency. And I told him, ah, you know, maybe I'll do that. And it, it got closer. It just didn't feel right to me. I play golf three, four times a year. I always like to do it after the draft, not before. And so I called them. They were from like, you know, uh, I'm going to pass. Well, long story short, the Niners, Eagles, and Dolphins trades come down that morning. And I thought to myself, if I had been on the golf course at that point in time when all this is happening, I would have lost my mind. <laughs> There's no doubt. Yeah. I would have been on the phone. Like, what am I even doing on a golf course? Like, and I, the, the idea that I even entertain the notion of playing that Friday morning is absurd to me now. Like, but I couldn't even let myself go. It didn't feel right before. And, and th there's a reason that I turned it down. And my reasoning turned out to be validated because that turned out to be an incredible morning in reshaping the NFL draft. Yeah. All right. Next question. What do you got? So this is going back. A lot of NFL fans probably <laughs> don't even remember these times. I know my kids certainly don't. But the days before social media the days before news breaking on Instagram, wow. Twitter. Yeah. How has that changed your job? Um, people, you know, breaking their own stories, uh, players breaking their own stories, um, things like that, that how, how has this changed your job compared to, let's say, you know, the mid two thousands, uh, late two thousands before, before Twitter and Instagram and, Facebook and all these things came into play. First, let me say this. You asked some very perceptive questions for a guy that's been busy re-signing his entire roster and keeping that Super Bowl champion team together. So I thank you for that. That's It's a great question. And it's funny because I spent six, almost 16 years in newspapers, Jason. And I, I think about the world today and anybody in my business is in the same position. But back in the day, I would write a newspaper story, follow it to the desk, six o'clock, seven o'clock, eight o'clock at night. It would show up on the doorstep the next morning. I'd hear the paper thump at my front door at 5.30 or 6, and it would shoot me up out of bed like I'd sit right up. Let me go see what my competitor got right now. Let's see if I got beat on something. And that went on for 15, 16 years. And the story would be in the paper that day. And the way I remember it being was the TV networks, they would see what it was and they would do a feature on what you wrote about that day. And that story would take on its own news cycle for 24 hours, 24 hours. And it wouldn't change really. And now it changes just like that on Friday at 1.04 PM. And again, you remember all the details about this. I followed a story that the 49ers and Dolphins just executed this huge trade that involved all these first round draft picks with the Dolphins trading back to 12 and the 49ers going up to number three. And I'm on sports center talking about it when the next call comes in that the Eagles and Dolphins have made a trade. And so we're on to the next trade. And that's the way the world works. The new cycle spins faster and faster. And whereas the new cycle used to be 24 hours, it's like 24 seconds, 24 minutes now where you're just on to the next thing period. And I remember a day and I don't mean to get anybody in trouble here, it was the day that Dak Prescott signed his contract. And it was, he signed on a Monday night. It was about six o'clock. And there's a perfect example of your first question. I just sat down to dinner and this text comes in that Dak signed. And I was like to my wife and go, oh, excuse me. I got to go take some calls and go file some news. And so we're doing Dak, Dak, Dak. 
and doing Dak on Get Up the next morning and Dak on the Noon Sports Center. And there were a couple of things that happened that day. I don't remember what it was. It wasn't that long ago. But NFL Live, we started with Dak. And I remember thinking to myself, boy, this isn't the way we should be starting the show. The Buccaneers just made a move or whoever it was just did something. And so the news cycle in this day and age has just sped up to the point where it's on steroids. And whereas in the newspaper days, everything was much slower. It moved slower. Now everything moves at breakneck speed, which is why there's more pressure on you at all times. I mean, it just, it just and it never stops. It never stops. Is there, is there a such, such a thing as, you know, you remember the old, the Friday afternoon news dump where people would, you know, I don't know if it's bad news or whatever, or you didn't want to release, you know, exciting news because it was Friday afternoon, Friday evening. Is that, does that exist anymore with today's everybody glued to their phones, glued to news, addicted to news? Does that exist now? I I don't think so. Um, I think that if there is something happening from my perspective, I don't care whether it's Friday at four, Saturday, four in the morning, Sunday morning, whatever it may be. You get the information, you put out the information. And again, you know, this year, the marquee free agent may have just been Trent Williams, right? I remember that. I remember going back and forth, tracking that story between player, agent, team. And people tell me, oh, yeah, we'll let you know when it's done. And I remember literally falling asleep that night of free agency at about one in the morning. I was like exhausted. And I woke up at four. So I was asleep for three hours. I woke up and there were 16 missed calls and texts. And it was the deal getting done literally a half hour after I'd fallen asleep. And then eventually Trent Williams posted it on Instagram. Reporters picked up on it. And there was this string of missed calls and texts with the actual information that I just slept through for three hours. So you close your eyes for three hours and that's what happens. Right. So it's just, it's amazing how that happens. Uh, Are you getting scoop right now? Well, wait, hold on. I got you on the phone. Are we done with Antonio Brown? <laughs> We're never done. Yeah, you never I mean it's, you're always you're always trying to improve your football team and you're always making decisions. Can you can you just trade up from 32 while we're on the phone, Jason, and have that ex- trade executed while we're finishing up the podcast here? Yeah, let me see what I can do here. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Uh, any any other questions for you? Because you, you've been incredibly generous with your time already, and I don't want to take more time when you probably have more moves to make here to try to get back to the Super Bowl. Anything else? I uh, I could go all day, but I appreciate, uh, I appreciate you understanding. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you very – you know what? Excellent questions. You make excellent moves and you ask excellent questions. That's a good combination. If this GM thing doesn't work out, you got a future in uh, interviewing. All right. Well, I'll, I'll make sure to get on the Peloton tonight. <laughs> Thanks for radio. <laughs> Appreciate you, Jason. Thanks very much. Thanks. Appreciate it, Adam. And there is the world champion general manager of the Buccaneers, Jason Light, who asks a really thoughtful question or two. Very impressive. I was taken aback, wasn't sure what he was going to ask. And he came with some hard-hitting, excellent questions. Great job by Jason Light there. All right, we are also getting ready as we tape this for the NFL to officially approve a 17-game regular season, which I believe is absolutely just 
a formality. They're going to rubber stamp that later today. By the time you're listening to this podcast, it probably will be official. It'll be 17-game regular season, three-game preseason. And so the NFL schedule has already changed. And I know that this surprised some people over the weekend. Uh, The truth of the matter is this was essentially agreed to when the new collective bargaining agreement was passed last offseason in February or March of 2020. That's when the agreement was done. Now it just becomes official. And on Tuesday, March 30th, owners are expected to officially approve a plan that will change the look of the 2021 season and beyond. 17 regular season games, three preseason games, And the season now will last a week later, and I think the Super Bowl will wind up being played on President's Day weekend, which I think has been the NFL's plan all along to have it so that when the Super Bowl is played on Sunday night, that many people don't have to get up early on Monday to go to work, that they can sleep in, it's President's Day, get a little extra rest, the entire workforce is not working. Of course, the dynamics with the pandemic around it are different, but that will be the league's plan going forward to play the Super Bowl on the Sunday night before the Monday of President's Day to make it even more of a national holiday than it already is. And one of the guys that will hope to play in that game in this season or in another season is the newest cornerback of the New York Giants, a man who signed a three-year, $39 million contract, the Giants' new cornerback, Dory Jackson. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Adam today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Adam. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Adori? Hey, how you doing? How you doing there, Adori? I can't complain. How you about yourself? I feel unbelievable. I, I, I feel very fortunate to have you today, so I appreciate taking some time. Adori, here's what I want to ask you. You had quite an eventful month of March, would you not say? I did. It was my mom's birthday, and then um, after that, I ended up getting signed by the Giants. So yeah, it was it was a it was a um, I would say like a blockbuster weekend for me in a month. Well, yeah, th- this is what I was thinking, right? You get released by the Titans. Or you saw you signed with the New York Giants on March twenty third, and 
in a one week span, you go from living in Tennessee to getting fired to signing a three year, $39 million contract with the Giants. Take me through that and what that whole process is like for you. Um, the process for me, it was, I don't know, I was just, just my normal self. I'm just relaxing it and chilling. You know, I, I always preach on how, about having faith, you know, and, and believing in God. So when, you know, I got the call that, you know, I was getting, you know, released from the team. Um, I didn't have, I mean, obviously an emotion that I had was a little sad, you know, because I was, I was there, you know, been there for four years and played there. But then I knew that, you know, one door closed, another one opens. And, you know, I just kept my head down and tried to remain, you know, faithful as I always been. And just took it a day at a time and, and, you know, talking to my agent, going back and forth and just hearing, you know, the, the opportunities that other teams were, you know, bringing to the table and then, you know, making decision and crunch wise and going to visit the Giants and, you know, end up having a three-year deal. So it was a blessing in disguise, you know, as I, w- I was saying, um, you never know what the Lord is going to have for you and what may unfold or happen, but uh, say the Lord always prevails. So at the end of the day, uh, even though it was an unfortunate event of how it happened, just out of nowhere, unexpectedly, uh, something else, you know, another blessing was able to come come my way. So I'm just thankful and appreciative of, you know, the Giants and, and everything that, you know, that they, you know, believed in and, and wanted me to come there. So it was, it was just a it was just a blessing at that. I wanted to go back to that. You said out of nowhere, unexpected, didn't know it was coming. What happens the day that the Titans release you? How does that unfold and what is that like for you personally? Um, I mean, I just got, I just talked to Jay Rob, uh, GM. I just talked to him. He just told me, you know, what it was and, you know, how it unfolded after that was, you know, I just called my agent and told him yeah. and then, you know, we just went, he just went to work, you know, from there. And, you know, I told my family, you know, because I didn't want nobody else, you know, to hear it from the outside source that they wasn't getting uh, bombarded off guard by anybody. So I told them. Uh, first, and other than that, I went back playing dominoes and spades on my phone. Um, I had to get ready for my, <laughs> I had to get ready for class the next day. You know what I'm saying? It like it goes on. It's one of the things where you understand life doesn't stop for no man. So at the, at that point, I knew, you know, life still goes on. I couldn't hang my head low. I uh, just kept my head high, and counted the blessings that I did have. I understood that uh, I was fortunate and blessed to be in the position that I am in. And, you know, the things that I have accomplished so far. So I try to counter the positives out of everything instead of the negatives of what have happened. And um, from that point on, um, I just, you know, just try to keep remaining myself and, and didn't try too much of worrying um, about anything. You know, my mom's always says pray about everything and worry about nothing. So um, I didn't want to worry at all. I just wanted to make sure that I um, live my life accordingly and what I've been doing. And, and, and I knew something would, you know, pan out. Didn't know it was going to be like that, but. Uh, you know what? What I wanted it, it was the, the Giants did more than that, so it was it was appreciative, and I'm thankful for that. Now there are a few things that did you say you're taking classes right now? Yeah, so I'm uh, enrolled in USC. Um, doing two classes. I have a communications and economics class that I'm taking, then I have an introduction yeah. to business class that that I'm in. So I know I got papers coming up next week. I got two. I think I got three papers due on April fifth. And, um, yeah, then I know I got the, I got the finals coming up. So it's been a cool learning experience. It's interesting to, you know, it's different when you're older and you get the, and I know what I'm talking about in the introduction to business class or the things I'm talking about in my economics class, which is crazy because at, when you're younger, you don't, I don't want to say you don't mind it because you don't know much of it, but when you're actually in the, the position to understand it and learn, yeah. it makes it, it makes it more welcoming to, to learn. So um, it's, it's just been cool being in class and to be able to just study and learn and, you know, the stuff that I heard of now I'm actually getting to 
get more deeper info about it. And it just helps my understanding and my learning a lot better. Now, you say your three papers due on April 5th. What are the three papers? Uh, fill that out for me. I'm curious. Uh, so one of the papers I have, I have an analysis paper on the company. Uh, the other one is a group project, and I'm talking about um, esports, like video games. So I have to do a paper on that. Really? And then uh, another one is about streaming platforms um, that I'm going to do. Uh, I got a paper about streaming platforms that I'm going to um, dive into. So those are the three wow. um, that I have. So. It's pretty cool because it's something that I know of. I'm interested in talking about, so um, I don't I don't mind it at all. But here's the interesting part about that to me, Adore. You basically just signed a thirty nine million dollar contract, <laughs> and now you've got to do homework and papers. Like I know when I was in school, somebody handed me all that money. I don't know that I would have been that inclined to be doing three different papers, pulling all nighters, going to the library, doing what it took to get done. Is that hard at all to be motivated to finish those three papers? No, not at all. You know, I just want my degree. Uh, I just want that paper so I can just brag a little bit and tell people, you know, I got my degree from USC. It's just because all my friends have theirs. They graduated, walked the stage. So it's like, yeah, like, dang, they, they want up in me right now. So, man, at least I just want my degree so I can, you know, have proof, even though people know I probably played there. But, you know, people can say they're alumni. I'm not really an alumni because I didn't actually graduate even though yeah. I played there. So uh, I just want to just have that degree. And, you know, my parents talk about it a lot, my mom, my dad, about going back and getting my degree. And it's something that I always wanted to do. And, um, I mean, didn't change when I got released or when I signed. It's still a, a, a milestone that I want to achieve. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to eventually, hopefully, when everything opens back up. I want to walk. You know, that's one of the biggest things I want to do. I want to at least walk the stage and, and have my parents come out and see me graduate and, and that stuff. So I'm excited to see, you know, what the future holds for that. You know what's funny? You say that. I went to graduate school at Northwestern, Adore. And so I got my degree in journalism. And I was so mm -hmm. anxious and excited to get my first job at a graduate school that I got an internship as a sports reporter at the Seattle Post Intelligencer in the summer of 1990. And they asked me to start real soon. And I flew out to Seattle. I was so excited to get out there. I flew out before my graduation even happened. And I missed my graduation because I wanted to start my internship. And to right. this day, when I look back at my career, one of my greatest professional regrets is not getting to attend my graduate school graduation, walk down the aisle, get my diploma. I don't think I ever got my diploma from Northwestern, even though I graduated because I was so right. busy starting that internship and in a rush to get out there. So good for you for Thanks. wanting to walk down that aisle, feel that walk, give your family that pride, have that day, have that memory. That'd be pretty awesome for when you get to do it. When are you projected to graduate? So, you know, because seasons, I uh, have to do it next year. So next year around you know, May should be when I graduate. So it's going to, it's coming around quick. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. That's, um, that's uh, good for you. Congratulations on that part. Thanks. Now come, now, now do you have any experience with, New York and the East Coast, ever spent any time around here? Because you're from the California area, right? You went to, you were born in Illinois. We're in California, right? Right, right. Um, the most that I have is I had some cousins and family that uh, stayed out there. I went to a graduation one time. I ran track at the, the Armory Indoor. Um, other than that, that's probably the most that I've been in New York. So I, I, I know about the bodegas. So I, I know about that. Um, <laughs> And uh, that's it. I know about the bodegas and the, the history and art, you know, of music and stuff like that in, in that sense. So it's going to be a lot of learning for me to go out there. But 
I mean, it's always something new being from Illinois, going out to California, learning that and going from California to Nashville, learning something new. So it's just, you know, another chapter in life that I look at, uh, that I get to add, you know, to me, uh, builds me up as my character, as, as a person and just gives me layers. Well, you know, I, it's like I always tell everybody, Dory, there's in New York, it's got the best and worst of everything. It's got like the greatest culture, but the worst traffic. It's got some of the best dining, but it's not cheap. And it's got so much good and it's got bad too, right? But you're going to sift through that. You'll find all the good here and it'll be a tremendous experience. You also have a lot of friends here. I mean, I, it's unbelievable to think how many guys you're connected to on this Giants roster. You played one year of college football with Leonard Williams. You played in Tennessee with Logan Ryan, right? You've got other connections here on the Giants. How much influence did that have in you coming to New York? And I think, you know, that was that was helpful, you know, to have, you know, relationships with, with people there already and to be able to know people and not just be comfortable, still got to learn and, and, and meet everybody or whatever it may be. But, you know, having a little bit of comfort uh, in that aspect it was, is always good. You know, you, you sound like a very comfortable, confident guy. So I don't mind asking you this question. Right. But after you signed that big deal with the Giants, after you got released, there's a former NFL general manager of the Cleveland Browns, Michael Lombardi. Have you heard about this, Dory? Um, no, I haven't. I haven't heard about it. He basically he he was critical of signing, not so much of you at all, but the oh. money that the Giants pay you. I want, I want to read you what he wrote, and I'm just curious to hear your reaction to it because I don't think it's a shot at you so much as it is as the Giants. But he wrote, "I love Jackson coming out of USC. His speed and his ball skills made him a corner." who could turn defense into offense. However, in the last two seasons, he's played in only 14 games, making few plays on the ball and lacking the return skills he displayed in college. I'd love the Giants signing if they paid a modest salary, betting on Jackson returning to the game with a passion and more durability. But the Giants paid him as if he were a big-time starter with guaranteed money for doing very little over the last two seasons. Who were the teams the Giants were competing against for acquiring Jackson? The Titans know Jackson well. They desperately need coverage corners, and they walked away from the contract. What does that say? When you hear something like that, what goes through your mind, Adore? Um, Not much. I just think about, you know, the Giants having faith and believing in me. Uh, that's the only thing that I can, I can take away from that. Uh, obviously, that he or anybody else pretty much did it. And for them, too, and to appreciate me and value, you know, the way that they did no, I'm thankful for that. It's going to be a lot of naysayers. I mean, you can talk about when they say, um, who's your favorite player? Everybody has their own opinion. You might like somebody for a certain reason. Somebody might say, well, this player is better or that player in that aspect. So it's all opinion-based. Um, um, so, But, you know, everybody is, is entitled to their opinion. So I don't take anything with any ill will or get frustrated or upset. Um, um, so... Yeah, that's pretty much how I look at it and take it. I'm just ready to go out there and play. You know, I'm just thankful for the opportunity. It's a blessing, but um, I'm just ready to go out and play. I mean, it's been a rough year, a, a long year for me. And at the end of the day, um, nobody was nobody was in my body but me and know what I was going through and know what I was dealing with. And, and so um, that's that's the explanation I have right there. That's enough said. Yeah. So what what was the year like for you? What were you going through? What made it hard for you to perform like the great player you were and touted to be coming out of USC? Right. Um, just, you know, the emotional being battled. It's my first time actually being injured and having to be, you know, sidelined and not being able to play or perform. So it's just getting over that aspect of, of injury or that the thing of being injured, you know, you know, coming up from 
my whole career. Uh, I never really have been sidelined from a game or whatever it may be. So it's just me learning about myself, you know, about my body, about who I am, about what's around me, you know, what I like and what I don't like and how I want, how I want to move in life. So I, I think this whole year was a lot of growing for me, a lot of understanding. Um, I'll talk about growth and, and development. What was the toughest injury you had to overcome last year? It sounds like you were playing through some things that people didn't know about. Uh, yeah, my patella. Um, that was that was a difficult battle for me. Um, I injury with my patella, strained it, sprained it, and whatever the case is. And just dealing with that, like I never had any lower extremity, you know, injuries um, through from that point on until till then. So for me, I'm um, just dealing with that and. Yeah, I just been fortunate, and you know, I've been blessed. I feel like this is the first time I've hit adversity. So, in the, in the end of the door, can you tell Giant fans what kind of player they'll be getting this year from you? Uh, they're gonna get a player that's gonna compete. You know, that loves football, that loves the, the game itself, and just a, a competitor uh, that's gonna do everything he can, not just on, on game days, but in practice, and should, should try to get better, to be better. You know, to get that one percent every day grinding uh, to make sure that. When it's come on game day, they're getting the best out of me and everything I got. So that's how better that they're getting. Now, did you also mention that you play dominoes and spades on your phone all the time? Is that your hobby? Is that what you do in your downtime there, Dory? Yeah, I pretty much just play dominoes and spades. It's just something that uh, just keeps me sane. Like, even when I was get, even when I was coming out for the draft, uh, the whole process, I was just playing dominoes, you know, on my phone. Just because I, didn't want, I don't like thinking too much about it's a lot going on in life and in the world. So it's something that keeps me sane, I would say, and it keeps my mind off things that you don't really need to worry about if it's out of your control. So I can try to just control what I control and the things that I can't just try to take my mind away from it. And I think dominoes is one of those things that helps me out. So, so you're a master dominoes player? Like you, you know, you could take money from your teammates in the locker room and you play them or anything like that? No, I just grew up playing dominoes heavy, you know, with my dad and just, having that background, being at, you know, family functions or reunions, whatever it may be, playing spades is something that, you know, growing up, that's what we did. So uh, it's just more of a fun aspect. I really don't like the, the betting and the, the gambling stuff because it's like, I don't know, I just like playing it for fun because sometimes they go your way and sometimes they don't. So you, you <laughs> I've seen both aspects of people being happy and people being mad. And when money is involved, it just doesn't go well. So that's not that's not really in my, my forte. You know, you know what, Adore? That's sort of like life itself. Sometimes it goes your way. Sometimes it doesn't. March 16th, it didn't go your way. You got cut. March 23rd, it did go your way. Three years, $39 right. million. See that? Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. That's like life, right? Exactly. That's, that's the truth. Hey, Adore, I really appreciate taking the time today. Thank you very much. Lots of luck in New York. Congratulations on the deal. And best of luck this season. Uh, thank you so much for having me. You know, when I get out there, we're going to have to go catch a bite to eat or something. So, Adore, you, you, have an, you have an open invite here, okay? I'm in New York. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it myself. I, I know. Hang up, I okay? I'm in town. I got no, 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 no. I'm here, man. I'm here. You you have you have an open invite. I, I'm, I'm happy to come buy you lunch. You come on out. Okay, I appreciate that. I'm gonna, we're going to have to get up for sure. And there is the new Giants cornerback, Adore Jackson. Thank you very much to him for joining us. And as we tape this podcast Tuesday morning, getting ready to watch Michigan versus UCLA on Tuesday night in the Elite Eight matchup with Michigan and UCLA each getting a chance to go to the Final Four. Would love to see my school, the Big Blue, Michigan, get to the Final Four. I can tell you that one of the greatest weekends of my life was as a student, my senior year, Michigan going to the Final Four in Seattle. My friends and I got tickets from the athletic department. Maybe we shouldn't say this. Maybe it was illegal, but we sold 
a couple of tickets to pay for our own trips to Seattle to go to the Final Four. It was an incredible experience. And that was why the other day I was so surprised. Uh, it was early in the morning, and I had gotten a text from Anthony Calhoun, my friend in Indianapolis, the sports director of Wish TV, a proud Syracuse alum, truly one of the nicest guys I know. He's raised nearly $2 million for inner city for inner city education in the Indianapolis area. And on Monday morning, all of a sudden I get this text from Anthony Calhoun and it says out of nowhere, 1121 AM on Monday. Hey, 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 you do know that if Michigan gets to the final four, I got you and your son all set with tickets, no excuses. And I was like, what? And then I remembered Anthony does a lot of work with the city there. And he had me speak to, a chamber of commerce luncheon a few years back. And the idea was that by doing this, he wasn't paying me. I didn't ask him to pay me, but if I ever did this, that he would get me tickets to a basketball event in the city. And so in a way he was remembering that, which I had totally forgotten about. And I, I emailed, I texted him back. I said, look, we haven't even discussed that my son and I, but I appreciate you reaching out. That would be unbelievable. I'm not sure if I can go in the pandemic, my wife would be concerned, but you're very thoughtful. And he texted me back, ticket and hotel all set. Let's go. Keep me posted, bro. All good. Love to host you guys. Again, let's see if Michigan wins tonight. Let's see how my son is feeling because I told him about it. And he's like, I'm not sure if I want to go or whether I want to watch with my friends at school. And I told him, I said, let me say, see something to Devin here. You not going to the final four would be a mistake. Now, if you want to stay at school with your friends and watch it, that's up to you. I, we'll do whatever you want. Um, but. Like I said, going to the actual Final Four in Seattle in April of 1989 truly was one of the greatest weekends of my life. I'd love for my son to experience that. And really, to be honest with you, I don't know, maybe I'll defer and I'll give him and one of his friends the ticket to go to the game so they could experience what I did if Michigan does win tonight. But the first step would be Michigan playing UCLA tonight. We'll see whether the Big Blue can come through. And we wish my alma mater good luck in that matchup. All right, I want to thank Jason Light, the Buccaneers GM, for coming on and asking such thoughtful questions. I want to thank the Giants cornerback, Adoree Jackson, for coming on. And I want to thank my great producer, Christina Buswell, for putting up with me and putting together this podcast, as well as you, the listener, for tuning in to another Adam Schefter podcast. Please join us again next week when we'll find out whether I make the trek to Indianapolis or not when we find out who goes to the Final Four, and we bring you the latest information and insights and interviews on many NFL topics. Until then, have a great week, everybody. Be well and stay safe.